Welcome to the Empowered Parent Podcast with Renee. Being a teenager is hard. Being a parent of a teenager can be even harder. Each episode, we deliver tips, tools, tricks, and stories to help you feel empowered, confident, and energized as the parent of a teenager. Teenagers want to be happy. Sometimes they just need a little help along the way. Now, here's your host, Renee Sinning. Renee is a certified life, leadership, and success coach for teenagers and their parents. She's also a mom of three young adults and an experienced high school educator of 18 years. Renee is well-versed in everything teen. Now, without any further ado, here's Renee. Hi, parents. It's Renee. Welcome to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. Last night, I came across an article, and it was about closeness communication bias, which is something that I hadn't actually heard that phrase before. And because I do so much work with teens and families and connection, communication is such a big piece of that. I thought it was worth exploring that a little bit more and then hopping on here and doing a short podcast to talk about it. That was really interesting. And so I'm going to dig into it just a little bit. Let me know your thoughts. I'd actually love to hear what you think. So a lot of times people think that they communicate better with those that they're close with than with strangers. But communication or closest communication bias actually says that the opposite might be true, which I just thought was really interesting. And this is obviously super important as the parent of a teen because connection is key in so many ways when you're the parent of a teen. It is important in boosting teen self-esteem within the home. It is important in having a peaceful home environment. It is important in having those very valuable and impactful conversations. Connection is important in trusting each other so that you can have those moments so that they're open to learning and listening the things that as parents we try to teach our kids. As we talk about closeness communication bias, there was a study that was published I don't know the exact spot that it was published, but I'm going to put the link to the article in the show notes. But what it suggested was that we often assume that people that are close to us know what we mean. Whereas when we're talking to strangers, we actually give more detailed explanations. We listen more carefully when we're communicating with them. That's where the breakdown can occur because maybe we're not giving those close to us the information that they actually need. Maybe we aren't listening as well to those close to us because we think we know what they're going to say. So have you ever made assumptions about your teenager? Have you ever thought you know, if they didn't check in when they were supposed to, even though you might be looking at their location on the phone and you know where they were supposed to go, they got there safely and they were supposed to text you when they got there, but they didn't. And so you assume it was because they didn't care or it wasn't important to them or they were just being defiant or disrespectful when really maybe their friend was upset and they were comforting them and just lost track of time. So as they're trying to explain to you 
with that closeness communication bias, sometimes we jump in and we make these assumptions and then we lose the conversation. I think we all know the saying about assumptions, right? The idea with communication bias is that the closeness that you have with someone can actually be the thing that leads to breakdowns because of the familiar familiarity. I thought that was so interesting. So again, maybe your teen is sharing a story with you and before they even finish, you interrupt because you think you know what they're going to say. Right then they begin to think, well, you aren't listening. So why should I share anything with you? Right? Again, that study kind of showed that if your communication is collapsing with those you are closest to, it may be for a few different reasons. One of those was relaxing your perspective, taking efforts and making assumptions before gathering information, which is what I was just referring to. Teens also, they are masters at making assumptions. So-and-so doesn't like me, et cetera, et cetera. But sometimes parents too are. The other piece that the study suggested was that overestimating your shared perspective and assuming a common frame of reference can lead to that communication breakdown. And I thought this was really interesting too. So even if you do have a common frame of reference with your teenager or anyone else that you're close to, that doesn't mean you're looking at the situation through the exact same lens because the truth is that the lens through which we all view the world is based on our specific experiences, beliefs, and thoughts. And our teens, your teens, are their own person. So even as their parent, having maybe a fairly common frame of reference in whatever situation that might be, you still can't assume that their perspective is the same as yours. So as parents, you can try to guide them and you can try to teach them your values and the things that you want them to learn, but they're out there in the world as their own person trying to figure out their own life and who they are. So there there might not be a shared perspective, even with that common frame of reference. And if we assume that and don't give them a chance to explain their full view of whatever that situation might be, communication breakdown, and then again, they think that you're not listening. Really powerful. And then the third one was romanticizing how well you actually communicate together. And so if you've listened to any of my stuff, you've heard me talk a lot about the difference between communication and conversation. And a lot of times parents think they have this great connection with their teens, but what they really have is great communication. Communication being surface level, just for this example, surface level, where are you going, who you're going to be with, when are you going to be home, do you have homework? So teens are pretty good at answering those questions. They don't have to be vulnerable. It's pretty quick and easy response. It's not a deep-seated conversation. You're not asking them their life history. But conversations are those deeper, more meaningful moments, and those are often subpar. So romanticizing how well you actually communicate together. You may communicate great, but you may not have those great conversations. And so so maybe that relationship isn't exactly what you think it is. And so, yeah, I just thought this was really interesting. Here's the good news. Once you are aware that this communication, closeness communication bias does exist, there are strategies that you can explore. And I've talked about these a lot. The first one is assumptions. And it's one of the four agreements. I've done podcasts on 
all four of them. Agreement number two from uh, Don Miguel Ruiz's book, The Four Agreements, is don't make assumptions. I talk to teens about this all the time. When we make assumptions, we're making stuff up. You just are. You're making shit up. You don't really know what anybody else is thinking or why they did something unless you ask. ask yourself the question, what am I assuming? If your teenager goes and huffs off or puffs off and stomps away, what am I assuming? What happened there? Where was that breakdown? You can start getting curious with yourself. Then other things, you know, as far as just how are you showing up to the conversation? Do you have an open mind? Do you have open body language? Are you really listening to what they're saying? What are some of the micro messaging that you might be given based on how you show up? Are you making eye contact? Are you looking at the phone or sitting at your computer? There's a lot of micro messaging that's nonverbal that comes into play with those connections. So if there is a breakdown, that could be a reason. You could be assuming that they understand that you're busy, right? You're making that assumption and they really need to talk to you in that moment. So assumptions, how you enter in the conversation, what is your body language, verbal and nonverbal. And then another one that they talked about in this article is do you have unrealistic expectations that someone can read your mind? I mean, I, <laughs> I've definitely been guilty of that, especially with my husband. So a lot of times we just assume, again, we're back to the word assume that people know what we're thinking and they, or they should know because they know you. And that's a community that can really lead to a communication breakdown at some point, you know, that communication closeness, communication bias is going to probably happen. It makes sense when you're close to someone, especially when you live in the same household, but having an awareness of where that might be happening or even why, and really being a little gentle with that connection you have with that other person and looking at things from different perspectives, from their perspective, take a bird's eye view on the perspective. There's a lot of different things we can try as parents to make sure that that relationship is not breaking down. We don't want to do anything to widen the connection gap because you always want to be that soft place for your teen to fall. That most important person that they come to when they are ready to share. So yeah, that's all I have for today. I hadn't come across that exact phrase. I've heard communication bias. I haven't heard closeness communication bias. And it just thought it was worth coming on here and chatting about. If you have any struggles within your family on communication and connection, it's something I work with families with all the time. And so just reach out if you ever had any questions. We also have a mindset group for parents. That's awesome. If you want to learn more about that, mastering our own mindset, because that's a piece that we can control. See you later, everyone. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Empowered Parent Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Be sure to head over to reneesinning.com to pick up some parenting freebies. And remember, teenagers want to be happy. Sometimes they just need a little help along the way.